This is Professor August Howard. The following is the first in a series of statements from Daphne Elizabeth Kilgallen Howard, designated as the Diviner by the Order. For purposes of transparency, it should be noted that she is... She is my wife. The intent of these statements is to provide the Order with a more complete picture of the Diviner and give necessary context for the interpretation of the prophecies she produces. For the first statement, she was asked to speak about a pivotal moment in her life, a moment she remembers vividly, the true beginning of who the Diviner really is. I remember tying my hair back, looking out over the sea, with fear and trepidation in my heart. I threw off my sweater and kicked off my heels, heard them crunch in the sand beside me. The safer on the beach. I was going to lose them otherwise. The fact that I was alone in the house, and always would be, was draining. All I wanted to do was sleep. When I collapsed on the couch, the sky was blue and clear that morning. But in the evening, the sky had turned inky black. Grey clouds rolled in, and the water chopped and crashed against the cliffside and the beach. I looked upon the cliff, and in sharp relief against the dark of the sky, I saw the nearly empty Kilgallen Manor, which had fallen into disrepair over years of neglect. And upon the waves, a couple hundred yards out, was a solitary, empty boat. The neighbor had called about it, taking the chance that the lonely soul left to haunt the manor would be in. And without another boat to sail out there to retrieve it, I decided to take matters into my own hands, with my own strength. I dug my heels into the sand and sprinted out, took a deep breath, and dove into the frigid, roiling waves. I would bring the boat back, even if it killed me. It was more than just a boat, more than just wood and metal and paint. It was a memory in and of itself, the last surviving memento of summers spent on the beach, helping my father build it, spending hours out on the water for the sake of it, away from the capitalistic gears that threatened to crush my family. Just me, and Father, and Dean, and Donovan, reeling in fish to take home, pushing each other out of the boat, surrounded in a cacophony of giggles, diving off the side to outdo one another, and into the cool and placid water. I emerged, gasping for air, as the sky burst in torrential downpour. My father's beloved boat was closer to the shore than before, but still too far out to reach just yet. Blinking the water from my eyes, I submerged again, feeling the briefest prickles of rain piercing through the water's surface. My body cut through the ocean as if it belonged there. It was as if I was a naiad, throwing herself hopelessly into the open, crushing embrace of Father Ladon, bound to his memory and will. 
I was born to be here. My home would always be under these waves, however turbulent. The waves fought against me, crashing into the surface above, pulling me deep down into the water's depths. And it was exhilarating. Feeling something dangerously exciting for once. The choking saltwater sting and the crushing weight of the current felt like the hand of a lover pressing against my throat, like the burn of nicotine in my lungs, momentary hit of pleasure, fleeting, fragile things that could only soothe that ache inside me for so long. In hearing that siren's call of danger, I longed to listen closer and take just one more step forward. Who would stop me? I had no one left that could. Once I righted myself, coming up for just one last gasp of air, I sprinted for the boat. The rope was within reach, just as one more wave rolled in. The last thing I remember were the stars I saw as the boat collided into the side of my head, and I felt the waves take me under. She's awake! Hang on. My head turned, cheek brushing up against her knee as I continued choking onto the sand, trying to keep myself from vomiting. I felt her hands soothingly smooth at my hair, soaked to the core with salt water, trying to calm me down, I guess. A few moments later, my coughing stopped, like the rain had... Moments before I woke up, I looked up to see the eyes of my savior, green as the lush forest. Not full of judgment. Never full of judgment. Just the same warmth, curiosity, and concern they always held. That same regard that set my heart on fire and filled my soul with shame. How many times did I have to find myself waking up in the arms of my best friend, after doing something so terribly reckless and dangerous. Nivia, do I need to call someone? No, no, August. Just bring the car around closer. What were you doing out there? The... <coughs> the boat. It got out again. What boat? I looked at the ocean's surface. The boat was gone. Only pieces floated on the calmer currents. God damn it. She dabbed at my temple gently with a white rag. Each time she pulled it away, it was stained with more and more red. How much had I bled already? It's okay, Duff. No, it's not. It's not okay. That was my father's favorite boat, and I couldn't save it. Daphne, you see that like he's going to be mad at you for it. You know he wouldn't be. Sometimes... If you can't hold on to something, if it's too dangerous to, you have to let it go. You have to save yourself. I fought back tears, lips pursed, holding everything back. I thought I was doing the right thing. She pressed the rag firmly against my head to staunch the bleeding. This time it was a little painful, but it wasn't her fault. I know that boat was important to you too, 
But you'll always have those memories. The boat will always live with you. It's okay to let it go. How did you know I was here? We got a call from Mr. Wickman. I followed her eyes, looking up at the cliffside past the Kilgallen Manor. He called us almost immediately after he saw you march out here by yourself, realizing he might have spurred you into doing something. Stupid? Stupid. And I was worried sick about you, so I had August drive me out here since classes aren't in session yet. He's pulling the car around right now. When you're ready, we'll take a quick stop at the hospital to be safe, and then we'll take you home. To the manor? No. To my house, if you're willing. Maybe a little distance from the manor will help you with your grief. It's been a month. Maybe we should have offered sooner. I agreed, saying nothing for a time. The adrenaline from earlier had finally worn off, leaving me feeling heavy and drained. All I could do was stare up at Lydia Howard, from where the soon-to-be nurse had me slightly propped up, head gently held to stop the bleeding. How free and unburdened those green eyes were. How confident and bright she was. The North Star in my ever-darkening sky. I'd seen the way Lydia's family had treated her, their only daughter. How she was raised to be just as equal, just as important as her older brother. Uninhibited by expectation or societal rule. A stark contrast to myself. I'd always been merely a glissando in the Kilgallen family etude. Only ornamentation. Never truly indicative of talent or skill. Just there to be pretty along the fringes. Just like my mother. Pursuing the arts because father said it would <laughs> make me more interesting to suitors. As business was the domain of men. The true hope and pride of the family always lay in my brothers. Dean had a sharp mind and had been groomed to one day save the business. Donovan was father's next best shot, however flighty and flaky he perpetually seemed. Always more interested in the natural world than the gears that kept the fairies running. And just like that, the both of them were wiped out by the illness that swept across the country. I was all that was left. When all the chords and melodies are stricken from the staves, what use do people have of Glissando's? But Lydia always seemed to care for it. For me. And now, years of that alien feeling had all at once come to a crescendo in my heart. Nothing could be better than being cared about. Being wanted. For nothing but who I was. Lydia took me wholeheartedly. Impulsiveness, grief, mess, and all. Absolutely nothing could compare to being here, in the arms of my best friend. A best friend that, if I truly had to admit it, was more than that to me. But I could never admit that to Lydia. I shouldn't. It would ruin everything. It would make Lydia think less of me. I remember my hand twitching again. I told myself, just tell her the truth. That inner voice echoed in my mind, battering me like a wave of pure morality. It was always better to tell the truth. I knew that. And it was always something I ended up doing anyway, for better or for worse. 
I could never keep a lie or a ruse for long. Some guiding hand of the universe kept at my back, nudging me in the direction of veracity. And it was something I both appreciated and hated about myself. I never wanted to know if I was truly worthy of Lydia's love, for fear the answer was one I was not prepared to hear. But... Lydia. Hmm? This might be the blood loss talking. Or the lack of oxygen, or... The head trauma. The head trauma. But I have to tell you something. Anything, Daphne. I think I'm in love with you, Lydia. Lydia blinked her surprise, and the corners of her mouth lifted in a soft but sad smile. Oh, Daph. It's okay if you don't feel the same. I just felt like I needed to tell you the truth. And I hope I didn't say something that might ruin our friendship. She brushed away the slowly drying hair from my forehead. I think we love each other differently, and that's okay. Daphne, you're my best friend. Aside from August, you're one of the most important people in my life. You mean the world to me. Gosh, you're like a sister to me. Nothing could ruin that, I promise. I am sorry I can't return your feelings, though. Truly. Now that I think about it, you never really seemed interested in, well, anyone. You're right about that. I just don't really see the need for that in my life. Maybe it makes me a little different, but... But that's okay. You're wonderful the way you are. And no one should make you change that. You're a sweetheart, Dev. I feel the same for you, too. She gave me a smile and gave me a few pats on the shoulder. Think you can walk? When I gave her the go-ahead, Lydia slowly helped me to my feet, racing and walking beside me up the path where August awaited us in the Rolls Royce. We went to the hospital, came back to the manor to retrieve a few of my things. And then I left that place of grief for good. <laughs>